Sam Groh is our guest on the Music Universe podcast with Buddy On and Matt Bailey. Hey, 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 hey. I am so sorry I missed that one. Uh, yeah. Because it, I, I, from you telling it, Sam was like a really great guy, a wealth of knowledge. How'd it go? Oh, it went really well. I mean, you never know what you're going to expect whenever you get on with these artists. And we've mentioned that several times. And we always just get blown away by how very respectful, very nice they are. And Sam and I got really in-depth with the business side of things. I mean, he revealed mm -hmm. stuff that people may not in the industry want out there, but he was really cool. I just, you know, I asked a couple questions and he just kind of went and it was a really, really fun conversation. He's a great guy. And I look forward to uh, seeing him out on the road at some point. Sam Gurrow, welcome to the Music Universe podcast. How are you doing back in the hollers there? Good, man. How about you? Not too bad. Um, where are you uh, calling us from today? So I'm at my house in Manchester, Tennessee. You're talking to me on my front porch because I tried to do over <laughs> in my studio and it's raining in the holler today, which affects Wi-Fi service. So when you're out yeah. here in the cut, man, sometimes you got, got to make do with what you got. I hear you, man. And your studio looked beautiful uh, from what I could Thanks, tell when first uh, came on there. Um, Let's let's get uh, kind of down to uh, before we get to the music. You said you kind of live out in this in the country. Were you affected by the recent floods of Tennessee? Man, I was close. Luckily, I was not. Uh, I do live where Bonnaroo is, um, Manchester, mm -hmm. Tennessee. That's where they have Bonnaroo. Uh, and fortunately for for me and a lot all my neighbors and friends, we we didn't have any of the damage, but there was a lot of people that did and. My heart and prayers go out to them for sure. Yeah, and uh, there was a recent, uh, just this past week as we're recording this, there was a, a Loretta Lynn and Friends flood relief benefits. Uh, how close are you to uh, Waverly that was really heavily impacted? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's just right down uh, 24 for me. So it's not too far. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty south of, of Nashville and uh, – you know, it's it's a pretty short ride. So to be um, in one of the fortunate spots to where it didn't directly affect uh, my house and all that, I'm very, very blessed. And like I said, man, just heartbroken for the people that it did. Um, Tennessee's gone through it, man. Like, you know, even right before the, the pandemic, we had the tornado that came through and completely destroyed Cookville and completely messed up uh, downtown Nashville. And, uh, you know, we finally start to see the light of the end of coronavirus and then we have flooding. Um, so hoping for some some grace here soon. Yeah, I mean, you guys got hit with like a double punch right there within like a month apart. Yeah. And I had some friends that moved to town just as that happened. So like they moved at the top of 2020 and then they had the tornado hit and then right after tornado coronavirus, which is just insane you know for most people i would have packed my bags and gone right back wherever i was from <laughs> but uh <laughs> but thankfully they stuck it out and stuck around and they did get to see we do come together as a as a state and you know it it's that is one benefit of, of being here uh in this state is we do come together for our own our neighbors you know 
Yeah, I lived there over a decade ago for a couple of years and loved it and then tried the L.A. scene for a while. But uh, I love Tennessee. It's it's beautiful. It's great. And the people are just so warming. Yeah, man. Have you uh, gotten to come back at all since you've left? I did come back. Uh, actually, my 11 year olds want to sing. So I met um, Matt, our co-host uh, at uh, Nashville last November, and we covered the uh, Oaks performing at uh, Opryland there. We stayed there. I had, I had worked there, but I never actually stayed there. And I loved it. It had it changed so much. But once I set foot on outside, it felt like I never left. Yeah. It has changed a ton. That's what I was going to ask because, I mean, 10 years ago, Nashville was a completely different town. We had a lot less tall buildings uh, back then. Mm-hmm. Now, man, there's a bunch of hotels and apartments and everything. It's it's changed a ton. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I miss Music Row. I remember just walking, driving at one spot and walking up and down and just looking at, you know, what this could be or what that could be as far as publishing. It's just such a beautiful site that unfortunately is, seems like it's being done away with. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, when Virgin came in, they knocked down some of those legendary studios that we were so blessed to have. Uh, I'm hoping that it starts to slow up, but it doesn't look like it is. There's just so many people moving in to the city now. Um, and honestly, that, that's why I moved out to Manchester uh, about two and a half years ago, just because I missed having land and space. And so now I'm out here and 17 acres on a cabin house and I love it. Nice. And is that where you uh, do the majority of your recording? I know you've got uh, some new music out that's on all kinds of playlists. You've got, what, 100,000 streams in one week for uh you ain't gone. I mean, what is what does that feel like? Yeah, man, it, it was incredible. It's one of my goals to to get that on uh, on Spotify. I'm, I'm a big Spotify user. I have been for a long time, and of course, I love all the DSPs. Uh, I'm that genre or era of listener. Um, radio wasn't exactly you know where I found my music discovery. It was always through you know Apple and, and Spotify and Pandora. Uh, so that's kind of what I always have chased my whole career. And uh, that was one of my goals was to get 100,000 streams on one platform. And we did with You Ain't Gone on Spotify, which is insane. Um, and I've just been so blessed to have all the DSPs really uh, support the project and music. And uh, to answer your earlier question, I record and write pretty much all of my demos. I do all my demos of the records in that studio at my house. Um, but when we do our final recordings, we go over to either Ocean Way or Keystone Studios in Nashville. And um, I'm produced by Colt Ford and, and Noah Gordon. And uh, Billy Decker also is an engineer and mixer on there, too. And uh, they're just the dream team. So my music kind of goes through a few different uh, studio waves to finally get out uh, the, the music that we have, especially on this album. And uh, just blessed sonically to have those guys working on my stuff because what I do in my studio can't hold a candle to what they do in there so i'm blessed yeah and colt ford he's been around for a long time a big name and you're signed to his label as well um what's it like working with him and how did that relationship come about for those that aren't aware of that Man, working working with Colt is one of the best experiences um everything that he is online he is in person and i tell people he is probably even more compassionate and just a big heart in person than you even get to see online 
and uh how that all happened for me man was all in god's favor uh when i first came to nashville seven years ago i went on tour with kelly pickler for a couple months and she had a a guy selling merch for his name's uh, taylor phillips and me and taylor became really good friends over that month of me being out on the road with kelly and uh taylor the whole time was telling me you know how you want to be a songwriter and that's what he wanted to do um and we wrote a ton of songs together stayed really close friends we're still really close friends to this day um and then taylor he wrote a little song for uh luke combs called hurricane and then <laughs> he wrote uh, uh good as you and homesick for kane brown and uh became quickly became one of those songwriters that gets invited out on buses to write songs with artists and uh he was out with colt and i was playing with colt in fredericksburg virginia and Taylor looked at the day sheet on the bus and saw my name on the day sheet and started freaking out. And he called me and said, man, you're playing the show with Colt today. I was like, yeah. So he went up to the front of the bus and told Colt to let me come up on the bus and write songs with him that day and hang out. And I did. And Colt came in and watched the show, loved the show, invited me back to the bus after the show was over. And uh, he, he knew my feelings on major labels here in town. Um, it's not exactly the warm and fuzzies. I've never had the warm and fuzzies for any major labels uh, ever, but uh, he told me, he's like, you know, I know how you feel and, and how you're, uh, you know, real antsy uh, when it comes to a label deal. He goes, but just write down the terms that you want to happen. And he goes, the only thing I want to change for you is to have more people hearing your music. Uh, so we did, we wrote up the deal and he was a man of his word. He signed the deal that I wanted and, I'm very blessed and thankful, man, to, to be a part of his team. And and now Colt, he uh, produces my records. And that was a cool story, too, uh, just to gain my trust. Uh, he said, you know, that first record, you can come in and, and make whatever you want. Uh, he goes, I won't even influence you in the slightest. So he wrote me a check and said, go make music, turn in 15 songs. I'll pick 12 of them and we'll put a record out. And uh, luckily, put that record out, did really well. And then he called me, he goes, you know, I'd like to be a part of these songs now if you'll have me, you know, so I've hopefully gained some of your trust on this. And fortunately, uh, that happened because then we put out Song About You, him and Noah and Billy worked on Song About You for me. And that, that song changed my life. You know, hearing that story, that's not something on a business side of things that you hear ever. And the fact that you basically got to say what your terms were, he agreed to him. He wrote you the check. He stayed, his, kept his distance. And now you're you're one of Billboard's seven names to watch in, in country music. Yeah, man, it's it's awesome. It's I think it's because Colt he works so hard, um, genuinely as an independent artist that he just understands. I mean, him and Brantley built average shows together, Brantley Gilbert and Colt. Uh, so, you know, just two artists created uh, music along with Shannon uh, Hutchins, who is an amazing producer. He was a big producer in the rap and the pop world. So they're all musicians and they created this label together. So I just think they have a different sensitivity to an artist than most of the, the major labels do most of the suits, because a lot of those people in those type positions at those major labels, they couldn't play you a chord on a guitar if they wanted to. Uh, so it's, it's different. Um, and I'm, I'm just blessed to, to be on that team and they've completely changed the game for me. They really did just put gas on 
the the fire that I was already trying to burn, you know. Yeah, and much much deserved. But do you feel like being on an independent label, even one like Average Joe's, it's uh, kind of getting big there. Uh, do you feel like it's a little harder than it might be with a major label? Uh, it depends on what your goals are. I'll tell people all the time: if if you want to be uh, a quick slingshot run in the music industry you probably should go and sign yourself a, a major deal um because it can happen a lot faster for you and they'll do a lot of throw a lot of money at you and and do that um quickly uh but if you're looking to have a longevity career i do suggest trying to do it yourself or sign into a uh independent like like i have at average joe's um and it's something my deal is structured to where I get paid off of my master and a lot of my buddies who are on majors, um, they, they don't, that doesn't happen. They get paid 7% on their master against recoupable, which means every dollar that their label spends, they have to pay that dollar back, but they pay that dollar back off of their 7% that they make off of master. So that's why you see a lot of major label artists uh, that really are struggling to survive, even if they have a number one song on the radio and doing all a bunch of big things and winning awards, they really are still struggling financially because their deals are just awful. And uh, I'm blessed to, to not be in that position. And to have somebody like Colt, where he could very much, if he wanted to, especially two years ago, where I wasn't even fully educated on payouts of streaming and all that kind of stuff. Two years ago, he could have tried to screw me over in a deal too, but he didn't. He educated me and showed me what those payouts are and how this stuff works and the percentage of a pie and how you get paid off of a master versus publishing. So it's really been my college and education for me too, being on the label as well. And uh, I'm, I'm just blessed. I, I tell my friends all the time to do music. I'm like, you know, if you want to try to make it nowadays, really, if you're trying to sign a deal, there's only two labels in town that I would send you to. And that's my label at Average Joe's and Big Loud. Those are the only two that I would really, you know, be like, yes, mm -hmm. you can do that. Yeah. And when I was uh, performing and playing and stuff in Nashville, I was told that at that time, uh, so we're talking 2006 to 2008, it was almost guaranteed a million dollars if your song if, as a songwriter hit number one. I can only imagine that has changed completely in the last yeah. decade plus. Yeah, you get you do get the bonus. Um if you get a number one song at radio, uh, which is why Nashville still works really hard to get those number one songs because they do pay. But uh, the return is in, uh, for an artist is pretty insane because even a number one song, they spend $1.2 million to market that one song to radio. Uh, so that automatically puts that artist $1.2 million in debt the minute that they're shipping that song out. Uh, and then if that song does go number one, a lot of that money is going to go right back to the label to recoup your 1.2. And the sales and results of what you're getting a number one song for is insane. I mean, three years ago, if you had a number one song on radio, you maybe sell 200,000 copies uh, on like an iTunes or something like that, which the return is terrible when you're spending $1.2 million and you're only getting 200,000 in sales is, is not good. Right. You're, you're really upside down. Uh, and now it's changed so much even in the iTunes world because now iTunes isn't really a thing and it's Apple music is really a thing. Um, and streaming is kind of King on all of it. Uh, so yeah, it's changed drastically. Um, I wish and hope that the payouts for songwriters get better on streaming. 
Um, I know they're working really hard at doing it. I know Apple made some really big moves to change a lot of that stuff. And uh, because I'd love to just be in a world where no matter where the, uh, the streaming and, you know, songs are being played that the songwriters are getting paid fairly for it. Yeah. I mean, because without, uh, without songs, you don't have singers, right? Exactly. And without those hit songs, people aren't coming to the stands to watch you play. You need those songs or nobody wants to come and watch your show, you know? Exactly. And speaking of songwriters, I mean, you've written what all but one of the songs on your new album, This Town? Yeah. Yeah. I try to be a part of my story uh, as much as possible. Um, it's got to be a song that I think is directly written for me if I'm going to cut it and I didn't write it. Uh, I, we're blessed in, to be in a genre that people can pick up pretty quick on whether how genuine you're being when you're singing a song. Uh, so I take that really, really uh, seriously. Um, and Song About You is a song that Taylor wanted me to sing from the minute he wrote it. And that's what he was thinking about when he was writing it. So when he called to play it for me, that's just what he envisioned is, is me cutting that song. Um, and of course, the minute I heard it, it felt like me and it felt like something I would have been in the room on doing. Uh, so that's why that one made the record. And uh, that's why any of them that I don't write make the record. Uh, what can they expect on the project besides song about you? Man, everything, uh, no matter what you're looking for. If you're going through a breakup, I got songs for you. If you are falling in love, I got songs for you. If you're just trying to be out in your truck or out in your yard, uh, starting a bonfire or doing yard work or whatever, I got songs for you. And even if you've uh, recently lost someone in your family, I got songs for you. So it's, it's an album that, I think it's just uh, that's why it's called this town is because I, I felt like it truly all the songs embrace someone that would be coming out of a small town area and just what those songs would sound like and what those stories would be like. Uh, so, yeah, if, if song about you is, is one to to have if you're trying to ride around with your girl and fall in love. But I mean, if y'all break up, I got plenty of those songs, too, if you need those as well. And that's what's great about country music. Um, so touring, I, I guess you're eager if you haven't already to get back out there and play some of these songs. Yeah. So 2020 was a weird year. Uh, I did stay home for a little while and uh, and did the whole quarantine thing. Um, but, man, I've been playing shows my whole life since I was 16, 17. I played 250 dates a year ever since. And uh, so I went kind of crazy sitting at home for about, you know, 50, 60 days. And uh, after I, I finished those those quarantine days, I, I looked up some of the strictest states um, and they said even in the strictest ones, you can still have 10 people over at your your house uh, social distance. So I called my manager and said, hey, man, I want to go and play in people's backyards. So in 2020, I did exactly that. I played 87 shows from California all the way back to the East Coast and did a, a tour called Backyards and Bonfires. And I loved every single second of it. And uh, now 2021 has been such a hybrid year. It's like, you know, one weekend I'm playing with the band on the bus and the next weekend I'm playing an acoustic show with my guitar player at a venue. And then the next weekend I'm doing some more Backyards and Bonfires. So uh, it, it's been it's been a hybrid year, but I'm still just grateful to be out playing music for people. 
Yeah, and I know a lot of uh, artists have hit the road again, and many have been sidelined, some before they even got started, some as they've gotten started. Is that scary for you at all, knowing that uh, you have shows booked and you just might have to randomly cancel because somebody in your crew could catch this thing? Yeah, we've been, you know, again, just super careful and and super blessed in our scenarios. Uh, We try to pick every show, especially now, as smart as we can. Um, That's why it is such a hybrid year. We knew that going into winter, there was probably going to be a lot of cancellations. It seems like the minute that you put any kind of band scenario on the stage, that's where everybody's ears kind of perk and they start throwing red flags, you know. Uh, so going into the winter, me and my manager just figured it would probably be best to try to stay as acoustic as possible. And, uh, and that's what we did. And fortunately for us, it's, it's worked out really well. We haven't had any, you know, major cancellations. There's been a few things where regulations were just so tough and, uh, it was a a difficult, um, thing to try to ask people to do some of those regulations. So I did pull a couple shows for that, but, uh, other than that, it's been really good. Yeah, and uh, where can uh, fans check out these tour dates? What's your website? Yeah, so you go to officialsamgrow.com and uh, you can uh, check me out on Instagram, Sam Grow Music, Facebook, Sam Grow Music, um, and all those dates and, and times and stuff. And also uh, Bands in Town, which makes it super easy. Uh, you can get on Bands in Town. All those links and dates are, are listed right there. And obviously you're on Spotify. You've uh, got 350,000 monthly listeners right now. That's, that's pretty impressive for an independent artist. Yeah, yeah man. We, uh, we've made some, some climbs. Uh, I'm really excited about it and it's built up even more since the records come out. We're up over 400,000 now. And uh, you know, that's the, that's the goal, you know, is just try to get as many, as many people as you can to, to get your, get ears onto your music. That's, that's the first goal in anything before even shows or anything is just try to write the best music you can and get people to want to listen to it you know and that's what i love a uh, nice guy like you deserves it all and uh, looking oh, forward to hopefully seeing you out there on the road myself soon and uh anything else you want to close with man no just grateful to be on the podcast man thank you so much i appreciate it uh, you wanted to take the time and have me be on your platform means a lot what a great interview i know we were talking about it before and you said he talked about like how uh, artist becomes an artist can become indebted to the label based on that label's investment in the artist. So that mm-hmm. was really, really fascinating. Yes, it uh, was. I was really surprised at how deep he went with that, but I was glad he did because I think part of these podcast episodes are also learning things that we don't even know. Sure. Um, you know, on that side of things, because that's always interesting to know how the business side works. But, uh, you know, you just got to get out there and work it. And a lot of these artists are doing that, uh, you know, some more than others in in different ways. And, you know, you just got to find a way to just connect with the audience. And I think Sam's got that down. Uh, Thanks again to Sam Grow for the Music Universe podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Buddy. Thanks for listening and watching. And uh, keep checking out themusicuniverse.com and hit that subscribe button.